Hello good people and welcome to the Brunswick Beer Collective and this is this is an episode which is not really about beer but you'll find it in a bar anyway. I'm Chris Shorten, with me is Jeffrey Chi. Afternoon. And with me is Paul Christoph. Hello. And right now in front of me we have something that, you know, is in a beer glass. But it's not really beer. It is cider. I know, I know. Just like Shoot us down if you need to. We are Brunswick Beer Collective and we're doing ciders. Uh, you'll get over it. So, this, we decided to go for ciders mostly because it seemed like I, uh, they're, they're a big part of like, you know, every craft beer place usually has a cider. There's some really interesting ciders out there. And I also, like cider. And, yeah. and also that uh, we had the plan of doing pale ales and we realized we may have already covered that with other things. We must have do pale ales. We haven't worked that out yet. So, ciders. Now, I did the traditional thing of Googling what, what is a cider, which is, I think, some pretty impressive um, like investigation. And the one thing that I discovered was, according to Google, uh, we go down two routes. So, it's obviously a noun, but uh, the regular definition is an alcoholic drink made from fermented apple juice. However, the North American uh, definition is an unfermented drink made by crushing fruit, typically apples. So really, the uh, so the English thing has to be all apple juice, and everyone else, like the states, are like saying, "Well, no, maybe it can be other things," and calling it cider. I mean, is that you guys' take on this? Yeah, well, in the UK, it has to contain at least thirty-five percent apple juice. Um, in the US, it has to be at least fifty percent, and in France, it has to be a hundred percent. Hundred percent apples. Okay, uh, who's who's behind and who's ahead here? Uh, just whatever the sort of associations are that, that don't. So the UK one is law. I don't know if the France, I don't know if the French and US ones are legal. No, I think they are, yeah. I think they're legal definitions. Mm. There you go. I don't know what the definition in Australia is, because of course this first one we've got, we're jumping out, but mm, it's is. advertised as a cider, but it's a pear. It's a pear cider, yeah. Is essentially the same as cider, but made from fermented pear juice. Um, no, I don't really, and that's the thing. I don't, you know, when you think about cider, you do just think of it's either going to be apple or pear, but you don't really think about the nuance around it. Yeah, or well, that there even is like this whole, cause, you know, with um, like champagne, you know, that there's this sort of tradition and sort of, you know, mm. pomp and ceremony around it. With scotch and bourbon, you know, that there's similarly, you know, it's got to be X years in a barrel, it's got to be X percent of corn mm. in the mash or whatever. But yeah, cider, you, it's not something where you sort of think that there'll be all these technicalities around mm. it, but evidently there are. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. And interestingly, the uh, yeast is very important. Um, and I didn't mention this um, fact when we had our lager episode, but the yeast that's most commonly used in lagers is uh, Saccharomyces. Which is, well, I mean, it sounds, the end of it sounds similar to um, Brettomyces. Brettomyces, so sa Saccharomyces. Saccharomyces, I guess, I should say. Mm. Right, that is also the yeast that is most typically found in cider. Mm. Okay. But go. some producers select for yeast that produce killer factors. Allowing uh -huh. them to outcompete other yeast in the juice, which then changes the mouthfeel and aromas. See, it does make you wonder. I mean, obviously, we uh, talked on the cider episode, sorry, on the sour episode, we talked about uh, like, you know, finding 
you know, yeast that's uh, finding um, native yeast. Have they uh, have they gone down? Can they go down a similar route for cider? Yeah. So while while fermentation ciders are a big thing, and yeah, really about yeah contribute a sense of terroir to the product, so give them a sense of place. Very similar thing to the wild sours that we were talking about. If you listen to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. If we choose to release these episodes in the order they were recorded. Well, we're still working on um, We'll think about it. The Sour episode. But anyway, a lot of the stuff, pretty much everything we discussed in the Sour episode about what wild yeast mm. can do to the beer. Mm. Same applies for wild yeast and ciders. can change all sorts of things. Of course, what you don't really have generally with beer, though I guess you do with some beers now, is um, sparkling ciders. Yep. Mm. A secondary, secondary fermentation using champagne yeast. The carbonation, but it's um very interesting. People have to look at what, look at how the. So when you're if you're doing a, if you're doing a sparkling cider, you have to actually take into account how the champagne yeast is going to interact with your yeast used in your primary fermentation. So it's a, oh, and here we go. Uh, not all yeast associated with cider production is necessary for fermentation, but uh, they can give off odors to the finished products, such as Rhetomyces, which dis- impart a distinct aroma called Retty, typically <laughs> described as barnyard horsey or band aid. While these aromas would be considered spoilage odors in wines, many cider producers and consumers do not consider them a fault. So, before Brett was used in beer it was used in cider it has been used in cider it seems for a long time i had no idea yeah so um i I just have the i remember my old man telling the story of when he used to live in the uk and he would he was was like yeah no no um uh, whenever we'd have cider there and this is in the 70s it was like if you could see through it it wasn't good cider yeah. Like it, it had to. I think he had like Scrumpy Jack. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, yep, uh, this, this is, this is cider. Um, and if it's not, if it's not tearing my insides out, it's not real cider. But I feel like we've definitely moved beyond that point now. Well, we, I don't know, we. No, like, good yeah, point. Certainly, like commercial cider certainly seems to yeah. move beyond that. Yeah. Well, interestingly, so and between that cider in general, so today it's essentially either app, mostly apples sometimes pears but historically other fruits of the same sort of family so palm fruit p-o-m-e um, also produced similar drinks that were quite popular in ancient times yeah. and there is this book called Diri Coquina yeah, a collection of Roma cookery recipes dating back to the first century AD Contained a recipe Makes for sense. essentially a quince cider. Well, uh, what? I, that... w- I wonder if we'll see these mm. sorts of things coming back with all the experimentations mm. going on in these sorts mm. of drinks in general. Look, are we are we going to start? Can, uh, are we, can they make orange ciders, or would they? Well, it's not a. Uh, it does a, have to be of that certain type. Have to be the fruit, wouldn't it? What is a common fruit? That. Because I, I mean, it's uh, it, it's very much like beer in terms of like that everyone's like, all right, well, what can we do this which will push this boundary a little further? I mean, Flying Brick did that really, uh, doing that really well in terms of their experimental ciders. 
Um, but I can't think of many other people really breaking those rules. Well, so of the list of fruits in that genus, um, apple, pear, and quince are the only ones I've heard of. Mm -hmm. There are also there's also cotton easter, cretaceous, locust, medlar, pyrancea, rowan, toyon, and white bean. So now you're just making up words. So there we go. Here are a whole bunch of different fruits that could technically be used to make. Yeah, except nobody knows what they are. Yeah. I guess the side, I mean, that's the only real point of variation you've got, right? Is mm. the... Fruit in the East. The fruit. Yeah, the fruit in the East. Like, you don't have many dimensions of freedom mm. as you do with, with beer. There's no hops. Yeah, because obviously there are particular cider apples, but you can use any yeah. apple. Yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting thing. And, like, I do... I don't know, it might have been, we heard it here, we might have heard it somewhere else, but the whole thing where basically cider was that big gateway thing where people were having it until beers got better, then suddenly people had the beers again. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, as we discussed in the lager episode, Jeff and I have discussed many times we sort of were cider fans back in the day, but I wasn't even a fan of good cider. I used to like the sweet Strongbow. Mm. Yeah, or like recorderly, or yeah. like, you know, that, and then all, you that, sort of all that business. Realise that stuff's just really sweet mm. and not that good. The thing with cider for me was actually the first time I ever went to Paris, I went to this um, crepe place, which is fantastic. I've gone there every single time I've gone to Paris. But they had sort of 750ml bottles of cider from Brittany. And I was like, oh well, uh, yeah, I've had cider in years. I'll, I'll try that cider. I'll try one. And I drank it and it was just like game changer. I was like, this tastes nothing mm. like what I thought cider was. It's not that sweet, it's dry, it's the dryness and the, yeah, the, I don't know if it was a wild ferment or what, it was just very different. And ever since it just opened my eyes to, okay, like cider can be Anything. many different things. Mm. And yeah, I'm always interested to try different ciders. Yeah, I just, I don't think I've had anywhere near enough cider to really like, I mean, that it's one of the joys of you know, we quite often will, uh, at the Ale House, you'll go for a load of ones and say, sometimes I just feel like a cider. And thankfully there's usually one on, and it's usually an interesting one. Like, what we'll have, well, in about 10 minutes well, or so. Well, two minutes all had their tap take over here mm. two months ago. I mean, half the drinks were ciders and pears, which I didn't realise. I thought they were just going to be sour beers, but they weren't. I think craft beer, in the craft beer world, I think kind of like when we say lagers, people say, ah, lager, uh, whatever. It's the similar thing with cider. I mean, you have a lot of people that say they love craft beer, but one oh, want to drink cider, uh, shitty cider. But wait a minute, it's, yeah, give it a chance, and there's a lot more to the world of cider than the average punter believes. Well, there's only really one sort of real cider venue in Melbourne. It's like, well, it's like the cider, the cider house on Brunswick Street is sort of the only place sure, where sure. they kind of really will have, you know, mm. a wider range I've of... Been it's pretty cool, no, actually. I've not been there either. Yeah. Ah. All right. There you go. Put it on, put it on the list. Yeah, put it on an Apple list. But, but yeah, I mean, it would be... I, I don't know how we'd go in terms of... Because, I guess, what we what we find in Melbourne is... Um, you'd have to know where all the right places are, but I feel like you'd hit up... You'd hit that wall where it's like... If you said, I'm only going to drink cider for one week... It's like, sorry, only drink cider for a week. Um... Would you run out of? Um, would you end up doubling up really quickly? Almost, know, unless you found like a sea of t um, tap tokers. That's a good question. Yeah, never tried to really. Yeah, drink cider 
en masse like that. Because it doesn't have how, how much you drink in that week, I suppose. There mm. is that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I reckon that if you, you know, if you went to, you know, you went round to, you know, Black Hearts, mm. you went round to the various bottle shops and, you know, did... Um, going so to bottle shops? Yeah, easy. I reckon, I reckon you wouldn't have to double up. I reckon if you're just going to bars and pubs, yeah. it could be an issue. You, you, you could struggle. Yeah. Yep. But, no, I think it's going to be an interesting um, thing to see what ciders do next. If that they, if there's enough interest. I mean, that's kind of the fear. But, you know. Well, then, that's the thing. People just, yeah, the knowledge around cider is very, as I discussed just before, very, very minimal. It's, it's very un- misunderstood. I think people... Kind of like middle lager. They have their commercial lager, they don't really like it, they move on to different styles, like, okay, lager's crap. No, not all lager's crap. Like we've said, Jeff and I have said with anything, you know, people have Smirnoff, they think they don't like vodka, yep. Bombay Sapphire, yeah. they think they don't like gin, they have some shitty tequila, and they think they don't like tequila. And there are better versions of everything. Look, I mean, I remember in UK, um, when we were all quite broke at the time, and so we'd get like two litre bottles of white lightning, which was the right. worst apple cider there is. Um, is that what that article sounds bad. About? It is, but <laughs> it's awful. But it's also like, you know, three pounds for two litres or something like that. What was that thing we have at Reds? Remember that? Yes. Well, that was cider, wasn't it? Allegedly. That was awful. R E D Z. There is some Alcopop going around Australia now. It comes in like a two litre plastic bottle. I think it's like 8%, but they market it as a cider because it is fermented juice. Um, I guess and, that's logical. And But they basically do it to circumvent the alcohol tax. I can't remember what it's called. Well, I think but, it's like, yeah. well, but, 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 but what I'm saying is, didn't find out what the Australian rule was for cider. No. But I think it's about time we actually drank some cider. And we are back, and we're on to, well, we're on to a cider, obviously, but it is one from the good people of Two Minute Tall in, uh, I was going to say, I was going to say Hobart, but it's just outside of Hobart. Um, I can't remember where. Yeah, so this was first on tap at the um, aforementioned Two Minute Tall Takeover back in November. Right. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's a blend of, so it's a pairing. And it's a blend of the 2011, 2012, and 2014 Poir batches. Poir? Poir, I don't know what that means. No, neither do I. I'm certain it's a word. Yeah. P-O-I-R-E. What's of French? Is it French for pear or something like that? It's the French word for pairing, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Small victories. Um, Alright, first impressions, people. Um, I, yeah, I had it in the tap takeover and I... It's my second time having it, and I won't say what, what I rated it back then, but I'm giving it the same rating. It's I really like it. It's it does. It has that I think what I that wow moment that I had when I first had that cider from Brittany. This is that. This reminds me of that Brittany style cider. It's, it's dry. It's got a it's got a bit of sweetness to it, but it's not overly sweet. It's just I don't. Know, it just tastes really good. It's definitely different, like, yeah, it's mm. sour, like, you know, like, which makes mm. sense given yeah. sort of what the purpose of the, the tap takeover here at the Owl House is at the moment. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I need a little bit of time to figure out exactly what I think about it. But, yeah, it's, I think, it's, like, it's if very you like sour style. beers, like, mm. 
you wouldn't think that this sucked. At least. No, no, that's right. Yeah. I agree. It fits in with all the sour beers and that. Yeah, it it is. It, uh, I think what surprises me is the back uh, the back end, like that sort of that kick at the back. Now, I'm trying to find better words, but I don't have them. No, but yeah, it, it's it's really nice. It's just sort of it's not what I expected. But. So what are people saying about it then? Well, only 11 people have checked it in, so it's going to be... Well, I think I think this is the only place that it's... Been on it. Been on anywhere. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, first check-in with Charles here on the 30th of November. Excellent. I don't drink much cider, but it's but it's perhaps the best cider I've ever had. Smiley face emoji, pear emoji. Sour and intense, a little funk and a little sweetness, dot, 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 and something. Perhaps salt, 4.5. Uh, Simon D, also here. Dry but sweet, makes sense to me. Nice, funky, vinegary quality, lightly carbonated, lovely, cloudy, pale gold. Four out of five. Mark C, um, has to be here. Yeah, purchase it now, that's pretty um, So acidic and funky, I could become cider drinker again after this, exclamation mark. 4.25. Uh, Shell, at the Alehouse Project. So delicious, it's tangy, sour, light, zesty. Had to revise my score the more I drank the more overbearing the tang became, 3.25. So I presume she rated it higher and then it went mm. down. But I, I guess that's what she's talking about in terms of like, uh, I guess that's what I was talking about as well, the tang. Mm. Yeah, Jez, yesterday. Um, liking the way the funk takes the edge off the pear. Not so much liking the acidic twine, 2.5. That's uh, it, that's, uh, that's all we got. Wait, wait, was that tang or twang? Uh, twang. It's a good choice of words, right? And I guess I guess that's what we're gonna. I mean, if if we think about what the future of cider is, it's probably gonna go down this road. I mean, where, where else do you go, really? Right. You're in that, like Jeff said earlier. There's very few um, modifications you can do. You only have your yeast and your um, apples. Yeah, I mean, there's still a place for like, you know, that, that clean, you know, sort of crisp cider, like, you know, I like, want someone to do a quince one now. I want that. I'm sure it exists. Um, I'm sure I've seen it somewhere before. Maybe at the cider house. Cause you wouldn't be allowed to call it a cider or a peri though. Oh yeah, because it doesn't have 75% mm. apple. Yeah. So what I did notice in the, uh, label, in the description on Untapped, it says that this is a dry, keeved cider. So what the hell does keeved mean? And you Google, words. You Google mm. that, and a lot of people aren't sure what that means. <laughs> so, um, what it means is that it's a strange method of fermentation. It's mainly done by cider makers in France, and the point is to get a stuck fermentation, which means the yeast poops out before it can complete the entirety of the fermentation. I, I like the choice of words here. Mm. Poops out. Yeah. Often occurs when there aren't enough nutrients. Well, who did we who did we speak to? Maybe we spoke someone once, and they did mm. mention that. Pretty much what's happening is the yeast is shitting. Yes, that shit. I can't remember who was telling us yeah. this. Anyway, so they want a stuck fermentation occurs when there aren't there aren't enough nutrients, nitrogen primarily, for the yeast to absorb and use as full. So, but can, can I just flag that um, uh, a search on Google of dry cube cider reveals just the Northwest Cider Association, and the heading is basics of keeping. <laughs> no idea. There you go. So I didn't even know the word existed. So you purposely try to limit the nutrients in the cider so the fermentation sticks, making the resulting beverage naturally sweet without having to add anything to it. 
Okay, I guess I can believe that. But then again, I know nothing about making ciders, so I can believe any of this. They tend to have some astringency and tannic bite to them. So that explains the uh, aftertaste. Mm -hmm. The acidic thing. Although, see, now I'm looking forward to next time I have a cider like this, I can say to people who don't know about this, you can really tell the keeving. The keeving. Yeah. Keeving is key to this whole thing. Quality keeve. And then just wait, wait for them to Google it as well. Or sort of like act like they know what keeving is. Yeah, yeah. nobody knows what keeving is. Not this quote. Someone says, is it Belgian sour? And someone asks, asks this guy, um, so is the keeve stuff better than cider produced by more bottom beans? And his response is, is a Belgian sour ale any better than a Pilsner? They're not necessarily better, just made for different situations. If you're rafting down a river and it's hot and you want something refreshing and snappy, a standard cider is just about the best thing ever. But on a rainy fall evening, sitting around a fire, you want the keeved stuff. Right. I'm going to go to a, I'm gonna go to a right. bar and be like, give me the keeved stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 And they would be like, we don't do that sort of shit here. <laughs> um, what do we think? So in, in theory, you could... Could you keep? You know, could you have a beer that's? But could you have a sour beer that's fermented using the keeping method? That's a good question. That's, yeah, that's that's just one to put out there. Although it seems like something that people don't talk about because you know we don't talk about keeping. Yeah, I know. No. Well, usually there's so much negativity associated around dry keeping. God, this is an awful line of questioning. <laughs> um, what do we think about this? Um, I'm giving it 4.25. I actually do think this is one of the best ciders we've had. It was my favourite um, was my favourite thing that was on at the tap takeover. Yeah, I think just the dryness, the tartness, the level of sweetness, it just all comes together really well. I think it's a fantastic pairing. Yep, I, yeah, I'm really a big fan of this. Like, I've sort of spent the time now processing what I think about it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this is a really interesting sort of sourness overlaid on, onto the cider, yeah. I'm going to give it a four. I'm, I too am going for a four. It's a beautiful piece of work. Uh, the twang at the end um, was a little off-putting for a start, but it's just, it's just really well done. Um, good work to me to talk. But you're kind of like, you're kind of, I suppose, you know, tra a trailblazing into this area and making it mainstream. Which is a good thing. He just do what he wants to do. Yeah. Just not enough people. Proper artist mentality. I like it. So with that all in mind, we got one more cider to drink. And more. And we're on to... I was going to say our last beer, but we're on to our last cider. And this is, I'll admit, this was one that Paul bought because it was, if we bought six beers, then it meant that um, we got 10% off at Blackhearts. Yeah, we completely were not intending to do a cider episode. And yeah, here we are. Um, so we've just had two minutes all. Paul, what have we got now? Um, it's the Dalesford Wild Cider. So, yeah, Dalesford Cider, they started in 2003. In Dalesford, obviously. In Dalesford. And um, we're well, not actually in, in Musk. I guess is near Dalesford. To Dalesford. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Musk. Postcode 3461. I um, don't know Musk at all. They are one of my favourite Australian cider producers. Probably one of those ones where I think I was saying before, I really like those French style ciders. And then a few years ago, I had one of the Dalesford ciders that was aged in French oak barrels. And it was fantastic. I was like, wow, okay, that's 
there's an Australian cider maker that is doing this is you know pre pre me trying the two minute mm. tall stuff. And yeah, whenever I see one of their ciders, I'm always I always kind of don't think. I go to the bottle shop, generally Black Hearts, and I go to buy a few bottles, and then I look in the fridge, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, there's a Dalesford cider. And they do interesting releases every year, so there's kind of always mm. something new from them. So, um, yeah, seeing this one in the fridge, as we've spoken a lot, really into the whole wild ferment sour stuff at the moment, so it's a no-brainer to grab this and check it out. And based on what you've uh, I've seen from the back, it's seven point five percent. Yeah, unique batches produced each year using heritage cider apple varieties grown organically on the farm, together with other locally open, locally grown apples. The juice is fresh pressed, fermented slowly at cool temperatures, before being bottled by Bert, our nineteen sixty twelve head rotary filler. So yeah, the, the heritage, so they basically blend, pick the heritage apples for particular characteristics and specifically chosen yeast strains. And yeah, they play around with things. So this one is um, select heritage cider apples left to a wild fermentation. Um, so an English, gently carbonated, dry medium, English style. Mm. And suppose it would transport us to the cideries of Somerset. Or cideries of Somerset. That, 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 that's very um, um, hot fuzz. It is. I yeah. love that film. Um, it's it's beautiful and it's very very different to. Oh, the colours. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Completely different. This looks like the uh, pale lager that we started that bike yep. episode on. <laughs> yep. That feels like a lifetime ago. And it was a lifetime mm, ago. Mm. Well, none of us had beards, and now look at us. <laughs> Yeah, well, having this side by side with you, I think that just goes to show. I mean, if you say what someone says, I don't like cider, it's well, these are two completely different drinks. Mm. Um, first impressions? It's, yeah, this is much more. Ref I'm, doing the, I'm doing the air quotes here. Refreshing. He really last, is. Than the last one? Yeah, this is the mm. kayaking down the river in, the, yeah. uh, in 30 degrees kind of drink. <laughs> Uh, only the label does not look like um, a, a, dan a danning like eight of these really quickly sort of stuff. It looks like something you have to like really sip. Yeah, you're probably not sculling this no. uh, super um, fast. Unless, you know. you're, unless you're sculling. Yeah, unless you are actually yeah. sculling. Yeah. It's closer to what the average punter would consider yeah. a side to be, which makes sense because mm -hmm. all our the commercial sides that people are familiar with are the more of the English side. Mm. But it's not not too, not that sweet at all. No, no, it's just sort of nice. Definitely not as dry as the last one. So, what are people saying about it? So, also not many check-ins. Just, uh, just, just, just a warning. Well, I, up. I, I, I was concerned about that because it was like you know, I, I know Untap does have like a cider thing, but I don't know if the cider drinkers would actually check it in, or if you've got beer drinkers checking. So you got Jez again, um, lots of tannin and apple skin flavour, dry and complex, four out of five. Good work, Jez. Yeah, who um, else we got in here? We've got um, Shell, oh, Shell as well. I think Gel, Shell and Jez know each other, are mates or are dating, because they always check. Right next to each other. Mm -hmm. But interesting, so Jez was checked in at the Mel Melbourne Fat and Cellulite Reduction <laughs> Clinic, and um, 
Oh, no, sorry, my phone is just uh, decided to freeze up on me. And Jez's, is, uh, Shell's is checked in at Tits and Arse. Which is apparently in Belgrave South, and <laughs> Jez checked in at some place on Burke Street. So, mm. they weren't the same, like, I don't know. I um, don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But, but as, um, like, regular visit, visitors to Dorovich Pathology, I wholeheartedly support all this. That's right. Yeah. They are like the uh, Michael Helm of cider drinkers. That's right. <laughs> um... So what Shell said was nice, refreshing, well-balanced cider. Quite impressed. Three point seven five out of five. Suzanne J. Three two one Rustic Cafe. Quite delicious. Apple flavour, not too sweet. Refreshing. Three point five. Uh, Charlie B. Similar to TMT in too Taz. Too many tall. The wild vermouth gives a really natural fruit flavour. Fairly balanced, sweet slash dry, and some decent acidity. Four out of five. I feel like it gets it tastes drier the more I drink it. Brendan S. A Dalesford Cider Company. I like the funk. 3.5. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nicholas C. Still funky, still funky sour tannins. Tastes a lot more appley at room temperature. 2.75 out of 5. Oh. oh so, so it sounds like we've had this because uh, Jeff had this at my house on the 15th of April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, def- I've definitely had this before. Um, Interestingly, I haven't had it at my house. <laughs> well, it, it's a question. It's um, odd. <laughs> It's a question of did you not check it in or did you just give it to someone else? Yeah, the mysteries, huh? We'll never find out. All right, give me a few more people. That's CC number right. three, three point five. All right, we've hit the end. No, he just the chance comment number three. <laughs> Guessing you've got a tasting pattern. Good work, <laughs> Steve C. What do we think, people? Um, yeah, I'm going to give this three point seven five because I. As a just drink side by side, I prefer the other one. It's I just prefer those French style ciders. It's got more sour notes, which I like. But this one here, it's yeah, it's definitely more refreshing. I think it's exactly what that guy said. Mm. Like the ones, this is for you know, ice winter night. This one, mm. this Dalesford one is uh, that's this is the summer. Yep. Out at a picnic or rowing down, rowing your boat or whatever. Yeah, it's just a crisp, clean, refreshing, not overly sweet cider. Very nice. Yeah, I'm going to give it 3.75 as well. I think that is... Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's very nice. So, yeah, I really like it. And yeah, but I think not as good as the previous one. So, that works well. I, you guys have already said all the better things. Uh, yeah, it's 3.75 for me too. It's it's well made and you would literally scull it maybe, um, despite looking at the label. But... It's, it's not quite the two minute tall sort of style, and it's not quite there. It's hard to believe it's seven point four. Mm, uh, that surprised it is. me. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, three um, point seven five all round. Yep. Um, so that has been more uh, more talk about cider than I think any of us have done in a long time. Better make out of that. Um, we have been the Brunswick Beer Collective for oh, Brunswick Cider Collective uh, for this episode. Uh, we've been Jeffrey Chief. Uh, catch you next week. We've been Paul Christoph. Yep. See you next week. And we've been Chris Shorten. And we will talk to you all soon.